Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. Hi, you're listening to Spanaglows by Sonata on Hubhopper and I'm back with another episode. Thank you so much for the amazing support that you have been giving Spanaglows. I have a bit of a cold and that makes my voice sound nicer, doesn't it? Anyway, so um Today's anecdote is about how sometimes um there's a thin line between being a good parent and being a terrible parent. And I say this because um when I wrote this anecdote I wrote this anecdote on the 11th of September last year. So when I was writing this anecdote I was thinking about how as a teenager I used to be extremely rebellious against my father. and um, my father gave me a very difficult time uh, growing up and um, i i i don't mean i don't mean it in a bad way he didn't give me a difficult time in the sense he did not make life hard for me but yeah he disciplined me quite a bit in the sense he did not indulge me by doing those things for me you know what i'm saying he always and i'm very grateful thank you so much data if you're listening to this i'm very grateful that um, from a very young age my father and this um, he did this for both me and my brother but little things that we could do ourselves he always taught us to be self sufficient so even though we had house helps and uh, bearers and orderlies i ironed my own school uniform i polished my own school shoes there was nobody to uh, clean my cupboard or do my bed after a certain age so that was a uh, dictate in my house so after a certain age you had to do your things yourself so the helps they would just come and maybe wipe and sweep and mop the floors which if my father <laughs> had it his way we would do ourselves too um i have done it i mean when i had just started out my career in delhi and i uh, was living in small one room apartments i even lived uh, in a little satellite house uh, in gk2 which was built uh, with the intention of it being a servant quarter i actually lived in a house like that and i couldn't afford with my salary i could barely afford the rent of that place but um, i couldn't afford somebody to clean the house i couldn't afford uh, somebody to cook for me and this is when i was very thankful for being raised the way i was i'm not being pompous or boastful in any way i'm just saying that um my raising helped me survive so i come from a small town which is gohati and my raising really helped me survive uh, from starting out small and um, i've been working for the last 10 years so from my very beginnings in this city i've been in delhi for the last 13 years so uh, right from when i landed here i must say i'm very thankful for the way i was raised for me to have survived here So I'll move on uh, to the Spanish note, and I will make the point I was going to make at the end of the Spanish note, as usual. When uh, Apurva Roy Chaudhary, Apu, if you're listening to this, I'm making you famous. So when Apu joined LSR College as my junior in English honors, the first thing she asked me when she met me was, "You are Sonata Parashar." I said, "Yes." You used to write in the Assam Tribune and the Sentinel. You are a girl. All in the same breath. I don't know if you remember this Appu, but I felt so famous and everything at that moment. When I was in 3rd grade, I wanted to write a poem for the monsoons. So, um 
although uh, both my parents had jobs my father used to be an electrical engineer and my mom uh, used to teach in the college both of them are retired now so in my house it's just not um, it was never about i didn't i didn't know that my parents had jobs for the longest time because they paid so much importance in inculcating hobbies so whether it's gardening whether it's reading whether it's writing my parents always encouraged us to have hobbies to have constructive things that you could do with your mind it's not just you know 9 to 5 earn money more money make money my my family was not like that we would have the most immersive even today when i go sit down on dinner with my parents we have the most immersive conversations you know not not like you know we are not sitting on a dinner table and discussing oh you know those curtains are really good or you know so and so makes great halwa no those are not the conversations that happen in my house so my father is a writer my grandfather was a writer my mother was a writer and an rj when she was in college so um i think i do have writing in my genes i'm not claiming to be great or anything but i like i enjoy writing it really helps me so when i was in third grade i wanted to write a poem because i was so inspired my parents are both published authors both of them uh, write in vernacular newspapers so i was really inspired because who do you look up to but your parents right and i'm so grateful i had good parents to look up to thumbs up both of you So I wrote something about the rains because it rains a lot in Assam. It was some amateur stuff. I wrote a poem on a sheet of paper and told my father that I wanted to send it to a newspaper. I don't know what strings he pulled, but uh, it got published in this newspaper called the Northeast Times owned by a uh, GL Publications in Assam. 90s Guwahati kids, you would remember what Northeast Times was. The poem was called Rain and it was about six lines. I don't even remember. Um uh, my name came at the bottom of it with my school's name and the phone in the house rang endlessly that day with people congratulating me for getting published. Imagine third grader getting published wrote a six liner poem. What a high. The only other time the phone rang that many times to wish me for something was on my birthday for people who couldn't make it to my birthday. So I felt really good and I have approval seeking tendencies so I was like hmm this feels good this is helping release endorphins in my brain no as a third grader I had no clue what endorphins were I'm just speaking in retrospect so when that happened um I felt very good and I enjoyed the high and I wanted to feel this more often so I started writing regularly after that and placing it on my father's desk so I would write a poem I'd place it on my father's study desk because for me the process of getting published was that you write a poem you place it on your father's desk he pulls strings and you get published and then the calls come right so I thought that was the formula I thought he'll wave his magic wand and my poem would get published and I'll get congratulatory calls and feel like a celeb again none of the poems that I wrote got published nothing got published after that it was quite frustrating I walked up to my father one day and asked him What did he do with the poems I have been keeping on his desk? He said they were lovely and opened a drawer for me to show a heap of them collected and kept nicely. I got very furious and told him that I didn't write those for him. I wrote them for the newspapers. I wanted to get published. He must do what he did when I wrote rain, you know, rain. <laughs> he didn't indulge my tantrum and went off to work. I went to school feeling really sad about how my father was single-handedly obstructing my writing career from taking off. 
I bawled at dinner about it and got a stern eye from him to shut up and eat my food. Tantrums weren't entertained a lot in my house. Later that night, he came to me and gave me the best gift I have ever received till date. Hello, boys who want to date me. This is the best gift I've received till date. So you have to up the ante, you know what I'm saying? I digress. Uh, so he came to me and he gave me a bunch of envelopes and sheets of postage stamps. Then he taught me how to write to the editor, requesting him or her to publish my writings. I had just recently learned how to ride a bicycle. So he told me I could write a letter and a poem or an article and put it in the envelope and with adequate stamps, ride over to the post office and post it. I made a ritual of it. I'd send 20 poems and maybe five of them would get published. The whole process felt nothing short of magical to me. The, I sourced the addresses of more newspapers and sometimes I'd get three publications on a Sunday in different newspapers. Simultaneously, I became a celebrity of sorts in school because the name of my school got popular through me too. Oh, the joy when the headmistress would come to the assembly and would make a little announcement about on last Sunday, so-and-so newspaper, our student Sonata from so-and-so grade wrote a poem about so-and-so. Congratulations to Sonata. And I'd be like, whoa, on top of the world, all approval-seeking needs were satisfied. Well, there would be days when nothing would get published. I wasn't that great. I'd be sad and my father would encourage me, saying they're probably getting monotonous. Maybe I should try writing short stories or anecdotes. Next thing you know, I'd change my approach. I'd give writing poetry a pause because not many people write reading poetry. And I'd write a short story. And I was getting published once again, all weekends. Even better, they'd sometimes get published with a mention in the editorial where the editor would name me and praise my work. Imagine the editor writing about what you wrote. Different high. The joy of writing something on paper with a pen, appealing to a person to publish it who I have never met, making that trip to the post office with my bicycle and waiting for it to get published or not, taught me independence very early on in life. My father did not pull strings for me after the first time. He taught me that I'm not a puppet. He handed my strings to me. He didn't make me a published writer. He showed me the way to be one on my own. And for that, I cannot thank him enough. This simple but highly self-confidence-inducing lesson I was taught helped me pave my way to get ahead on the road of life on my own. I came to Delhi alone, 13 years back. All I was told was that I could study here if I cleared the cutoff in a good college. I went through the entire admission process on my own, without any chaperoning. I graduated, did my master's, got placed, rented homes, bought pets, bought a car, girl trip to Europe, and crossed many milestones on my own. Just like writing that very first letter to the editor and getting published. Not because I had no other option, but because at a very young age, I learned how to cultivate enough patience to see if the letter transformed into a published article or not. And most importantly, how to deal with disappointments of not getting published and not jumping ship at the drop of a hat, but improvising the approach and getting published again. In this day and age of instant gratification, I do feel nostalgic about the times when the best part of my school week was to write something, fold it neatly, fit it in an envelope, write to the post office, and if it got published, surprise my father on that Sunday morning. 
that brings me to the end of this anecdote. So I read somewhere that as human beings, when we reproduce and we bring another offspring onto the planet, the best thing we can do for the offspring is teach them how to survive without us. It's very, very important. And I started this anecdote by saying there's a very thin line between being a good parent and a terrible parent. And when you stunt your child's growth to a point when you pamper your child, when you spoil your child, when your child is say in their 20s or in their 30s not knowing to do basic things, when uh, they cannot hold a job for a long time, when they cannot when when they have all sorts of issues cropping up because at the right age you did not let go. It's one thing to be nurturing and it's another thing to damage your kid. I do not mean to sound preachy, but I'm just saying I've I've seen a lot of these examples where care, concern, providing is uh, very misunderstood. And more often than not, the child who grows up as, mostly grows up as a dysfunctional adult doesn't even realize that their parents are pulling the strings all the while. Everything is being done by their parents. If they've made any independent choice in their lives and it threatens their parents, it will not work out because the parents also developed a, develop a kind of a bond where they think, oh, I can run my child's life. That is wrong. There is a day when you will no longer exist and your child will have to go on. So you need to let go. You need to let your kids do their own thing. Be there as a cushion when they fall, of course. Be there to pull them out when the situation calls for it. But um, I don't think you should cross that line between being a good parent and being a terrible one. I am an excellent parent to my cats, by the way. I'm just saying. And thank you so much for listening to Spanicdotes by Sonata. I'll be back with another episode next Friday. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please download the Hub Hopper app if you haven't already. It's India's largest podcasting uh, platform. And you can write to me on um, my Facebook, which is Sonata Parashar. I'm on Instagram as Sonteshwari. And the Spanicdotes page is on uh, Facebook. So please like, share, subscribe. I'd love to know what you think. And I'll see you next Friday. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this Hub Hopper original podcast. If you want to get started with your own show, please do get in touch. We'd love to have you on board. Send an email to info at hubhopper.com. That's info at hubhopper.com. And we'll get back to you in a flash. We're looking forward to creating some great audio content together.